Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. Yeah, I just had to let that play right there Because we put on for the city last night, baby Stand up I'm going to just let this play in the background, man What's up with y'all, man? It's the Ballhawk Show. Ho, 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 What up, 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 do? Welcome to the Ballhawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amal Hawkins. Appreciate you taking time out today to listen to my latest episodes. Your first time listening, I appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe. Courtesy of Believe Network, but also available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all major podcast platform. Let me cut the music off because I'll just keep turning it back up. Uh, but yeah, man, salute to the sponsors, Aber Insurance. Go to Aber Insurance for all your insurance needs. That's home, business, auto, life insurance. The great people at Able. Aberinsurance.net. Make sure you get you a policy that's for you and it's affordable for you. Um, so yeah, this this podcast episode, we will be recapping. University of Virginia versus North Carolina, the oldest rivalry in the South. The Cavaliers came in one and five versus a six and no number 10th ranked team in the country. Virginia was old and 30 on the road against top 10 opponents. When they come to Scott stadium it was a different story, but on the road, Oh, for 30. And they leave out with the victory. Nobody saw a victory on the cusp last night before the game. It was like a 20 point under. This is almost like Colorado State and TCU at the beginning of the year. Can we be ranked? No, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> hey, can we be ranked since we beat a, a top 20 team? No, nah, I'm just joking. I know it's only a second win, but all jokes aside, the Wahoos played a very inspired game. They demonstrated they took full advantage of the bye week. They got healthy. The guys looked crisp. They were moving a whole lot better. Salute to the coaching and the play calling. And I'm going to get into this as we dive into the game. Because I'm always a firm believer. And you guys, if you've been listening to me for the past six, seven, eight, nine, ten years of doing recaps of games... You you guys know I stand on this hill usually alone that since this is a since this is a result based business and we look at outcomes and sometimes with the outcome that determines our perception of individuals whether it's a player or a coach if something is succeeding 
majority of the time you're going to praise the individual and you'll feel awkward if you can look at them and say, I know they're successful, but X, Y, and Z still, that's, that's, that's still not working for me. And I had that same stance when it comes to like play calling, whether it's offense or defense. I always say you got to execute at the end of the day. A coach could call what they want to call, but it's still up to the moving parts to execute to make said coach look either like a genius or he look bad. Because even if the player doesn't execute, there you're still going to say, well, that's still on coaching. And that's when a former player eyes come out for me. And I just be like, every time I can't blame the coach. Sometimes it's up to the players. Like, yo, man, you got to do your job. It's just like being at your job, your nine to five. You know, they trained you to do a job. You got through training. Now you're on the floor. You can't say four years later, man, y'all ain't trained me that good. No, you got through training. You start now. Now you got to perform. And that's how I feel sometimes when I'm evaluating games. And I'm you, like I said, I'm using it in the minority because people would think I'm caping for a coach or caping for a player. And I'm just giving you just my thoughts. So um, looking at this game, it was like ebbs and flows, and then you saw the maturation process as far as players fighting through adversity, fighting through a hostile environment, collectively coming together, collectively believing in techniques that they're taught and relying on their foundation, and that starts up front with the offensive line. I just saw guys really tapping into what they've been taught and the technique in which they've been taught and trusting in it and just saying, you know what? I'm going to just do what I've been taught and I'm going to rely on my muscle memory and do what's right. It's not going to be perfect. Like nobody plays a perfect game. And it's, it was still instances where we may have gotten beat one-on-one, but they're on scholarship too. They had a guy averaging a sack a game coming in. So it's not like we're expecting you to pitch shutouts. But when you looked at this offensive line, Ty Furness was back starting at right guard. We got Jimmy Chris was at right tackle. And they were executing at a high level, a very high level, on a consistent basis. Hold on. My bad. Um, and I just saw, like, improved pad level. This was, like, the, the best I've seen them really fire off as far as running the football since the Maryland game, because a lot of people aren't going to give the offensive line true praise for what they did versus women, Mary, as far as like getting the push and being able to run for over 200 yards. So that's all we heard during the bye week was, well, that was women, Mary. Well, that was women, Mary. Not understanding that it's a building block. Like you got, you have to start somewhere. You really do. We could do that in the NFL. Case in point. I don't know what time you listen to this, but check this out before, like, they probably already played by now, or they might not have played yet. But the Miami Dolphins got five wins on the year. Look at the records of the teams that they beat. Now, are you going to say Miami's not a good team because of the teams they beat? Or are you just going to look at what they can do and say, no, that's a good team? A lot of times in sports, we do that. We can find ways to really take away from a positive, and then we'll overanalyze and really kick you down when it's a negative. Like, we'll magnify the negative and won't really have the same, well, let's look at it this way type type stuff. So 
That's how I want to approach this game. Of course, I'm hyped that we won, but I'm not going to be up here. I did that last night in Twitter Spaces, you know, have fun, talk trash. But this is why I just want to be analytical and really break down what I saw in the game offensively, defensively, uh, take some time to give you some stats, some uh, post-game notes. Um, we talked about the first win over a top-10 team on the road. As I said, it was 0-30. The last time we beat a top-10 team was here at Scott Stadium in 2005 versus Florida State that day, um, 18. Um, the win snaps a five-game losing streaks against ranked foes and the first victory for UVA against a top-25 team since defeating North Carolina October 31st, 2020. And Scott Stadium. I remember that game too. I mean, somebody said it before the game. It was like, I got a feeling we're going to beat Carolina just because Mac Brown known to give give one away to us. And it's usually how it is. Like, Mac Brown have these very good teams, but he come play UVA, especially when he come to Scott Stadium. But when he when it comes to playing UVA, it, it something happens. Something definitely happens. Um, UVA rushed for 228 yards, the second straight 20-yard effort. It marked the first time since UVA posted back-to-back 200-yard games since 2021 when we did it um, versus Georgia Tech and then at BYU. Um, Some player notes, Malik Washington extended his consecutive games with the reception to 32 games. Um, He had 12 catches, 115. The 100-yard receiving effort was Washington's fifth in seven games this season. He should have had six versus, what was that, Boston College? We didn't really give him no touches, but we learned that because his 12 receptions were the most in the game by a Cavaliers since Terrell Janna had 13 in the same stadium when they won in 2019. Y'all remember that 2019 shootout? That was a bomb burner right there. Mm-hmm. Another game where nobody really thought UVA had a chance. Remember Bryce Hall had went down to injury weeks before versus Miami. We didn't look good versus Louisville. Then we had an okay game versus Duke. And then we were traveling to UNC for another night game versus Sam Howell and that high-power offense, that running game. It was like deja vu. Now, granted, Tony Musket, not Bryce Perkins. This receiving core, not the receiving core we had. But, but, Malik, Malachi, Sackerwood, and boys, the boys been doing good this year. We know that 2019 year, that receiving core was, woof. It was more than one. You had Aziz, you had Terrell, you had Joe Reed. Sheesh. And Grant was, shoot, Grant was playing also. Didn't he catch a fake punt pass that game? I think Grant, was that Grant? I think so. But, but yeah, man, um, my man Iron Mike, Mike Hollins had three touchdowns. Could have had four, but you know how the UVA sports guards always make things hard for us. Why do sports guards do Mike like that? Y'all could have let Mike get his fourth touchdown too, sports guards. Come on, man. Because if, if that won't so UVA, not 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 the fumble, but how Sackett Wood was right there in the end zone, almost like Brent Nelson was in 2018 at Virginia Tech, and it just seemed like, oh, he, he going to recover that. And Sackett fell down and hurt himself a little bit, like, that's so UVA right there, bro. It really is. It really is UVA. It was almost like when we beat Tech, finally beat Tech in 2019, you had to go take it. It, it literally took a, a strip sack in the end zone. 
You had to go take it to get the victory. It's just like this. You one and five coming in here. You ain't even supposed to be doing this. Now you about to put the game away with a rushing touchdown. Oh, this too easy. Make them fumble. Matter of fact, let it go out to the back of the end zone and make them get a stop. And that's what happened. Jameer Carter had his, the juggernaut had his first sack of his career. Salute to Jameer. Um, Cohen King led us in tackles with eight. Cam Robinson also had eight tackles. And my man Dakota Twitty, man, salute to Dakota. He had his first collegiate reception. So let's see. Let me start with the defense first. I'm going to start with the defense first. Defensively, Coach Rudd, give yourself a round, give yourself a round of applause, Coach. Yourself, Coach Cox, uh, Slade. Uh, God dig it. I just, I just went blank. My man Clint, defensive staff, Coach Dowling. Downing, I said Dowling. Downing, give yourself a – yo, y'all did – look, let me tell you something about bye weeks. A lot of times bye weeks, you could just – Take it for granted. You could just say, I'm a rest. We ain't got that much practice. The players get a lot of time off. You could lose focus. You won in five. You just won a game versus FCS. You're going against the number 10 team. You weren't supposed to win. So you just say, you know what? It ain't that, it ain't that serious. We ain't supposed to beat Carolina. But 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 you got healthy as much as you could. You explained to guys the importance of treatment during this bye week, body maintenance. Really taking advantage of the bye week to help you springboard to the second half of the season, which is very difficult because next week you got Miami on the road. You got to play Duke. Got to play Louisville on a Thursday on the road. So, yeah, it's a gauntlet. And I really feel like defensively what this coaching staff did with the the lack of depth because of injury now and understanding that we got to pick our spots if we really want to run man, pick our spots if we want to generate pressure. But here's what I saw with Coach Rudd. Understanding that, all right, I don't have to worry about what the offensive coordinator is going to run. My objective is to confuse the young guy on the center. The adult up in the box, I probably know and anticipate what's coming. But does the quarterback, can he see it? Can he process the information in real time? Because a lot of times we gave Drake May looks, and at the snap of the ball, we drastically changed the look on the fly. And that, that, that goes down to repetition and, and attention to detail during this bye week for all these guys to be on one accord, like moving as one unit, not tipping a hat, not somebody getting antsy. Like I didn't see any blown coverage yesterday. If UNC beat us, they just beat us straight up and down. Like when, when Tez Walker scored on the scene route, only thing I could say is I, I, I wish that James would reroute him just a little bit as he's going from two to one. Cause he was in the slot. We were playing quarters. Uh, Cohen was showing a cover two look or just a, a short zone look. And at the stop of the ball, he got out of there. I wish James would have rerouted Ted just a little bit, try to get his hands on him to reroute, just to get him to stutter 
So Corn could get that much more time to get over top of Tez. But be that as it may, Corn still got there, but it was just just a great catch and throw. But the teaching point was, hey, James, reroute him, man. Put your hands on him. Pat him down a little bit. Don't, you know, don't give him a free release. It's third and long. We could rally to this outside hammer route. I, I know that's your responsibility, but be a football player, not a robot, which you show you could be a football player when you got the interception late because you were playing with your eyes, playing in space, and you made a great pick. But that that would be, and, and that's just not James, because I say the same thing about Jonas Sanker on the other side. Like, I want to see guys, when they're going from two to one, meaning when you line up over the slot and you're buzzing out to number one receiver, which is on the numbers, reroute number two before you vacate that that landmark. Make them bowl around you. Make them juke. Because the corner is reading two to one anyway. Snap of the ball. He's two release tells them what to do. If if number two is going vert, corner is going to go vertical, meaning he's going to drop back because that's the threat. Just like if number two runs up the field five yards and then goes in, the corner's eyes go right back to the outside because that's now the threat. So if you can visualize what I'm saying, if you have two receivers to one side and you got a safety on linebacker lined up over the slot and at the snap of the ball, he has the flat, meaning he's going to get to number one just in case they run a hitch route. Instead of leaving quickly, you confront the receiver, meaning you you faint him, make him react to you. Or you can, you can actually touch him. Just touch him. Because the corner has the wherewithal understanding if you're trying to reroute, he's going to hold one for you. He's going to hold it because you are delaying his threat. And you never know. Sometimes if you reroute to and the quarterback is anticipating, oh, number one is open now and goes right to the check down, the corner's still there. Open field tackling, which we did a, a very good job. Like yesterday, Carolina had some runs, like some run fits. Well, not run fits, but they had a hat on the hat and we have an extra guy and they'll say, our back's going to beat that extra guy. Like one time Cam Robinson came off out of the out of the scrum and was one-on-one with Hampton, made a nice tackle. They were coming out their own end zone. Years passed, that would have been a miss. You had, This is a true first year making a big-time tackle versus the leading rush in the ACC who still had over 100 yards yesterday. But I don't know about you guys. That was a quiet 100 yards that Hampton had. It wasn't anything super dynamic about it. And 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 that's what I could say was the difference. Like UNC had one big dynamic play that was to throw the wheel route to the tight end. But other than that, it was no dynamic explosive plays in my opinion. Like Hampton's longest run was 18 yards. May had a long of 10 yards. Let's see, Dez Walker had, so his touchdown catch was 29 yards. I talked about Nesbitt, 62 yards. And then Chapman, so Chapman had a 33-yard catch. He did. And that was on the, the fake flea flicker. But even that, that we kept that in front of us. So it was no no real big explosive plays that really had 
like suck the life out of our defense. Even when they they got a big play and they try to go NASCAR and push the tempo and run the football, our front would do a great job. Of so here's the thing that I want to because I know I'm jumping around. I want to get back to the front with Coach Rudd. So a lot of times we would send four. We would show five, send four, show five, drop the linebacker, then blitz the back of that's back. So we were running, we were doing, a, we were mixing up a lot of things, pushing the pocket, pushing Drake into the areas in which we wanted him to go. We would show the wide double three technique that Maryland was anticipating and was running, and then we ran twists and games out of that. Meaning we were, we would take the juggernaut and Famui, and we would have them run a twist, a game. They would crisscross each other, or we would loop. Chico Bennett all the way from a wide nine, loop him all the way to the A-gap. Chico, let me talk to you, bro. You look full-fledged healthy now. You had some pep in your step this game. You was out that thing running. I Look, you ain't got no, you ain't getting no sack or nothing, but I want to say, want to make sure I echo this. You was moving like the Chico I know. You got credited for one quarterback hurry, but you was moving, Jack. Your ability to rush, take two, get skinny, use your motor, that didn't go unnoticed. Because a lot of times, we look, like I said, we look at results. But one thing I love about film, especially end zone copy film, is that I really get to see the truth. Something that's not going to show up in a box score. We were getting home with four. We were sending four a lot. Because we knew we couldn't leave our corners one-on-one. So we picked our spots where we did play some man and we would blitz. We'll play some invert. We, we mixed up a lot of stuff. But we were getting home with four again, which was is an awesome. Because that's what made us so potent last year. The ability to rush the quarterback with only four down linemen. Because if you do the math, if you're only rushing four, how many you got in the secondary? There you go. They got five block and you only send the four. Unless they throw that back out there. They ain't, they ain't got that many receiving threats compared to how many guys you got to cover. That's why when you could get home with just three and four, it's such a luxury. Such a luxury. And a lot of times we was covering and he had to move around in the pocket and guys were doing scramble drill. Easy money. Easy money. Easy. Easy in the sense of this is an explosive offense that averaged 500 yards. We held them 10 yards under their average, 490. But it wasn't that back-breaking big play after big play. It was Ben, don't break. Let's tackle, shorten up the field, get them in the third down, make them go forward on fourth, put them in the red zone. You're going to go for it. You're going to kick the field goal. The last time that we needed to still a stop, because I said in my preview, it's like arena football, timely stops. Get you a timely stop. We started out the game with a timely stop. And when you got a timely stop, score, which we did. Now, one thing that almost reared this ugly head is when we turn the ball over in the red zone in the second quarter. And then old Virginia would have just been like, oh, here we go again. We're going to be stagnant because they went into halftime with the lead after they drove down. Because um, a lot of folks, and I'll talk about the offense later, but a lot of folks didn't like how we approached that last drive before they got the ball 
to end the half. And I'll talk about my thoughts on why, you know, I didn't have an issue with that. But I understand where they're coming from. But defensively, man, I just really like what we did up front. Jameer Carter is a grown man, a grown, strong human being. If you ever get a chance and you can really focus on Jameer doing games, do that. Next home game, if you happen to sit in one of the end zones, if you're sitting in the end zone or if you're sitting on the hill, standing on the hill, look at 90 when our defense is on the field and what he does to several human beings every single play. He's getting hit by two people every play where they're attempting to hit him. His hands are so violent and quick. It's disgusting. I mean, he just be pop, pop, get, get, pop, 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 get, like he uh, practicing Carl McGraw. Like his hands just quick, pop, pop, get, get off me, pop, 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 pop. Sound like pop, pop. What's what's the dude that used to lift weights? Uh, uh, Kylie Muscle, pop, 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 pop. That joke was strong, man. And then for Mui so quick, out of his stance and things like that. So I just want to praise the the defensive line, man. Kier. Oh, look, speaking of uh, speaking of speaking of defense line, I got a I got a uh, email from my man Philip Saunders. Um, he he used myhawkins.com, went to the contact box. Shout, shout out to Philip. I told him I would I would share this during my recap, but he hit me up and said it's, it's some coincidences from last last year's UNC game. Um, he talked about how Drake got Paul Akira on a fake, but Paul still got a sack. That was last year. This year. Paul got the last sack that generated the turnover. Um, Sackett Wood balled out and scored a touchdown. This year, Sackett Wood came up with big catches versus Carolina. Last season, James Jackson got a sack. This year, James got the game-winning interception. So he said everyone, everyone that was a factor today was the same last year when the difference is we pulled this one out. There you have it. The usual suspects, as they say, right? Showed up last year, showed up again this year. But it was a fun game. I will say, um, at the at the corner position, I felt like you guys really played coverage well. You understood the assignment. You understood personnel. You guys understood, like, which receivers were in front of you, formations, alignment, down the distance. I thought you guys played well. Uh, a lot of times, I still feel like like Westfall. I think I thought you played well. You get a little. I think so. Here's my thing, my coaching tip for you, Westfall. I, I I like to call you West Tall because you stood tall. I think you grab and get handsy because I feel like if you just got out, like increase your pedal rate a little bit more. Like when you backpedal, you allow guys to close your cushion a little too much. That causes you to grab. I really feel like if you increase your pedal rate, you will maintain your squareness while you're backpedaling. Because anybody that plays DB, the longer you stay square, the more you're winning and everything is downhill. You can make every break. Anytime you see a defensive back flip their hips, that means that's an indicator that the receiver has closed their cushion and they have to now get out or they're going to get ran by. So now once a DB, once a receiver causes a DB to flip their hips, and go sideways, now they could threaten your butt because your butt is your blind spot. So now they could give you something to where you got to react. But when you're square 
and you just weed pedal as they try to stem you. When you stay square, you can see everything. And receivers hate when a DB maintains their ability to be square as they pedal because that's letting you know you ain't closing my cushion and you ain't threatening me. I'm running a route for you. So I really feel like Westfall, if you just get out a little bit more in your pedal, you won't have to grab. Um, when Tez had you beat, I thought that was a good grab. And here's the thing about when you're going to grab. Like, he beat you off the line of scrimmage on a go route. If you're going to grab him, tackle him. Because you grabbed him and, and you sling sided yourself up and then you end up breaking it up, but they still got you for holding it. When you beat like that, go ahead and tackle him. Don't leave it up for no like nothing. And then fake like you tripped over his, you know, it was incidental contact type stuff. Um, but that that's the only thing I see with you, Westfall, is that you allow guys to close your cushion just a little. Because I don't think you – so if you're going to let somebody close your cushion that quick, you got to have elite speed, 4-3. I was a 4-3 dude, and I still ain't like people closing my cushion too much because that ain't a good feeling. You got to have elite speed if you're going to be that. And I don't think you got elite speed uh, unless you just ain't been running your fastest. So you just got to get out your pedal more, bro. Uh, Cohen, Cohen, man, you a hell of a ball player, bro. You fight. That's all you do. You battle, 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 battle. Your open field tackling is phenomenal at corner, man. That's that safety coming out of you. One thing I don't ever get nervous of when I see nine coming up, especially on run fits, on the close inside, the book inside with just the tight end and the back want to bounce it. When you see nine, that's a wrap. Let me go ahead and get that tackle. Let's go ahead and line up again. But that's the that's the biggest difference I see with everybody, whether whether it's Tavon, whether it's Sanker, Harrod, you guys tackling better in space. And if you do miss a tackle, you're missing at the on the appropriate side, your fourth side. Like Tavon yesterday saw the screen, fought through two blockers, got to the receiver, and missed to the outside, which is a plus because if you miss to the outside, that's indicating that the guy's going back where? To your help, to the inside. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So as much as folks be like, God damn, he missed the tackle. He missed it appropriately. First of all, y'all ain't even see he beat two blockers to get there. That's what I'm saying. A lot of times we only see the result, but you don't see the journey. He beat two guys that should have blocked him, missed the tackle, but he missed to the outside and made Tez Walker uh, cut to the inside, and I think Cam cleaned him up. So tackling, whole lot better, man. The pass rush, you guys look just fresh, man. Ben Smiley, all you guys coming back, salute to y'all, man. Uh, Buchanan, too. This the, the timely stunts and the games we've been running. Like, Coach Rudd just understands down the distance, formation. You can see guys talking by formation when they flip certain things or through motion, anticipating what's what's coming, what the front's going to look like from the off, like the blocking scheme. The guard pull up, I'm going to loop around, I'm going to loop in. You stay right here. Use this shoulder. Just fun to watch, man. And I will say this. Last thing, we'll get to the offense because it's 30 minutes on the defense. Um, 
I said in the preview on the Red Diamond Coffee and Tea preview, you got to pick your poison. And I even said on my preview that if you're going to take something away from UNC, and it may have scared folks, I would rather UNC have to throw versus run. You can't just let a team run it down your throat. And I think uh, uh, Bates said it on the CW, the color commentary guy, um, talked about like when a team can run the football on you, how demoralizing that is. When you can't stop the run, you got to invest so many more resources that it, it it exposes a lot. It really does. When somebody's running the football, getting the hat on hat, they're getting downhill, getting four and five yards or pop. Now you got to utilize an extra defender, which is a safety. Not only that, but now the aggression level increases. And when the aggression level increases, the most dangerous windows open now. And that's right there in the seams. Because the ball don't have to travel that long to hit you with something that's dynamic. So that's going to leapfrog me into talk about our offense, our offense ability to run the football. You know what I'm saying? Our ability to run the football did wonders. The ability to just invest in the running game, the ability to just fire off and get a hat on hat, get a push, allow backs to to make appropriate cuts, not allowing the first defender to get them down. We ran the football 54 times. 54 rushes. We ran the ball 54 times, had 30 passing attempts. That's 84 plays on offense. 84. I think they ran they ran 90? No. 77. Yeah, they ran 77 plays. We ran 84. Can you now think about that? 54 times a hisha haisha. That's like going to the body like Rocky was fighting Drago. Just keep punching him in the in the ribs. And by the by the tenth round, you saw Drago ain't like that no more. That's what running the football does. Now, is this considered complimenting football? Fifty four rushes, thirty by the numbers, no. But how the ebbs and flows of the game was going? Because it was times where we would throw on first down, then run on second and third down, second, third, and fourth. <laughs> think about that. Just think about that, man. Like I always tell you, like results kind of control your perceptions and how you view things. If things are going well, we don't question nothing, right? We really don't. We human. If something's going, like, how can you question it when it's successful? You feel me? Now, you got realists. Like, you got folks who still going to question things regardless because they like, what if, you know, what if? Because they already know, like, man, you got lucky right there. Like, if somebody, if it's, if it's like fourth and one and you throw a bomb and you score, Everybody going like, oh, that's genius. But if you throw a bomb and it's incomplete, man, you need was one yard. Why the hell are you throwing it deep? That's what I mean by results can alter to perception. Because some things people just won't allow you to question. But when you look at how we ran the football from the inside zones, from the stretch plays, from the quick tosses, from the quick flips, like P. Jones, 67 yards, 14 carries. He didn't have a single Carry for a loss. He averaged 4.8 yards per carry. Mike Hollins had 15 carries, 66 yards. 
he had one lost yard, averaged 4.4 yards a carry. Musket had 12 carries for 75 yards, but he lost nine yards for the sacks. So he actually had 75 yards. Musket did. But the sack, the, the two sacks counted nine against him. He averaged 5.5 yards a rush. Kobe Pace had 11 carries for 31 yards. One, one yard was for a loss. And then Grady had the touch push. Which, hey, we did it against a FBS team, right? Top 10 team. So. Uh, sorry, I was reading somebody. Somebody sent me. Um, but, yeah, running the ball 54 times. Who would have thought that? Because, look, here's the thing. North Carolina last week, kudos to them, right? They ran all over Miami. Miami hadn't given up. Over 100 yards rushing all game. And I think Carolina ran for 200 yards versus them. They ran for 143 versus us. Like we're one of the worst in the ACC as far as stopping the run. But you pick your poison, right? Drake May, hell of a quarterback, Hasma Trophy candidate, threw for 347, two touchdowns, had one interception, was sacked twice. He he was 24 of 48. That's 24 incompletions. 24. Here's what I always say. Here's my philosophy. And I ain't no defensive coordinator, so I'm going to just stick with my philosophy. If I have to choose, I'd rather force somebody to throw versus me because there's so many more opportunities for a margin of error. Like, there's so many opportunities for things to go wrong. When you're running the football, you're just handing it, right? But when you're throwing the football, you're not only getting the snap, but you're sitting in the pocket. You're processing information. Everybody has to be the same accord as far as, like, protecting. Receivers got to run the right routes, see the same coverage you see, and then you still not only have to hit the receiver, but they still have to catch the ball. Being a realist, he missed a lot of guys that were open. Being a realist, they dropped some big-time passes being the realist they won't on the same wavelength but at the end of the day the defense had something to do with that because they're not doing that on air if Virginia's not standing across from them they're not overthrowing they're not dropping passes they more relaxed but on the flip side I feel like Kitchen stayed Coach Kitch stayed ahead of the curve and was he was he was unorthodox. He was doing things that showed the offensive lineman, yo, I believe in y'all today. We're gonna keep running it right at him. And we're gonna we got we not just gonna just run on first down because it's first down, or we're just not gonna throw on third down because it's third down. Think about that. He won't run it on first down when a lot of us want him to run on first down, he would throw. Then it'd be a third and eight, and we're expecting a throw, and he would run the ball. It could be a second and eight, and we're running a quarterback draw. Like, the biggest call to me was on third and eight, we called a, a outside zone to the boundary, gave it to Mike. Mike got it to, like, fourth and two, fourth and three. We could have kicked the field goal right there, right? That's what we usually do. Ah, 
You know, Beckridge been good. Kick the field goal. Nah, we went for it. Not only did we go for it, but we do a little window dressing. We got tw- uh, one back, two tight ends, because Sackett was basically the H. We got Grant in at the tight end. We put Sackett in motion to the field, snapped the ball. He cross, He has cross action towards the boundary end, but we run the inside zone, so the end has to check for Tony. And this is the same play that I saw Notre Dame run versus NC State when I was scouting that game. And North Carolina actually runs this play. They ran against us two years ago. The same exact play. Down there in Chop Hill, they ran the same exact play. And we ran it versus them because when Sackett Wood went from the boundary to the field, they bumped it, but that safety came over, got into the box, was lined up right in front of Sackett because he was expecting Sackett to go to the field, snapping a ball with the inside zone action and the lineman firing out. He couldn't see where Wood was going. He thought Wood went straight. So he steps up. Sackett actually goes to the boundary. He can't see him anymore because the quarterback has the ball in the belly of the running back. So now you got to make a decision. It's fourth and short. I'm on extra, I'm the extra defender. Do I stay with my man-to-man responsibilities and go with the receiver, or do I make a play because it's fourth and short, and I'm unaccounted for? And he chose to try to stop the run. We get the pass. So that was a, that was a coup. To, that's like you got to make a decision. You got to make a decision covering Sackett, and now the end got to make a decision because the end can tell it's play action, but I got to do my job. I'm responsible for quarterback. Because if I try to do my brother's job and the quarterback get the first down, I'm going to get a minus because I have quarterback. And that play doesn't work if it's if we run into the field. I just want to let people know. It don't work if we run into the field. Because if we put two receivers in the boundary, they just going to bump and just say, hey, corner, check both of those receivers Let's leave an overhang corner over here just in case they do something sneaky. <laughs> so that's why you got to run into the boundary. But uh, that was a good play. Um, I like how we run our little, I call it our, our, twin, our twin Wahoo set where we got the tight twins far out on the numbers and we make defenses either go chase and remove guys from the box or remain in. Because when we run that, we get we get them quick hitters, them, them uh quick inside traps or inside dives pretty easy. So I, I you know, I want to see us continue to run that. But, um, yeah, sorry. I'm looking through the mailbag right now. You know, these questions, appreciate everybody on the X app. Uh, but yeah, like, so offensively, Tony had a couple of throws. I know he went back. I know he wanted the red zone throwback. Um, I know he wanted the dig route to Malachi in that first drive. I know he want that back. Um, hold on, y'all hear my dog? But um, yeah, Tony shows shows a lot of he he has very good pocket awareness. Um, he really trusts trusts the O line. I, I think a lot of times, I don't want to say he locks on a receiver, but he gets predetermined, and he may like it was one time where we ran. Um, a play action 
and we had Jr. coming across on a mess route, and we had Malachi on a on a wheel route, and I felt like even though it was pressure in his face, like you got to see Jr. right there, like Jr.'s open, but he just threw it out of bounds toward Malik. Um, yeah, Malik. I said Malachi, uh, Malik. So. Um, it's just things like that because I, I like the the route combinations that we do use now. I I feel like it always came down to executing. Like last year, I told y'all I was I didn't have an issue with that just because I felt like we just wasn't execute. Like when you have fifty drops, I can't really just say like you could say yeah, uh, stop running the ball. Like I I, t- I told y'all that SC State like <clears throat> I got upset because we kept trying to run the ball or or BC. I just felt like. We got to keep doing what we're doing. Like, you keep trying to get forward to football, but you also understand that eight is dynamic. Sackett Wood is good. Uh, we got other weapons. Kobe Pace out the backfield is electric. So it's all about here's the issue you run into. When you have a lot of weapons, not only does the coordinator have to make sure you continue to keep guys involved and stay a step ahead, but the signal caller also has to understand that everybody stay involved. And here's my thing to you, Musket. This is what I want to say to you one time. Put your foot in the ground and run. When you put your foot in the ground and you just run straight, you can run. You don't got wiggle, bro. Stop. I don't like you about to cut in and cut out. No, get your shoulders upfield. One time you pulled the ball on the inside zone, it was twice. Two times, all you had to do when you pulled it, it was put your foot in the ground and go right outside the edge. Just go right up the field. You tried to bounce it. I'm like, yo, bro, you could have got the first down. Run straight up the field. And, and look, second half, you did that. One time you took off on that quarterback draw, you was rolling. On that 20-yard game, you was hauling tail, boy. We caught them in two safety high. They was on both hashes. It was a, It was a – predetermined passing down. Yeah, fans, we listen. You know, when we do what the down dictates that we do, it's predictable. You know, it's second down and long. Oh, we got to try to get yards. We got to throw. Nope. We run the ball. We got it. Third and long. Oh, I know they're going to pass it. Nope. We ran the ball. Got close. Go for it on fourth down. And we going under center now. Y'all see that? We go under center. I know y'all saw a couple play actions. We go under center. Like the one-handed catch that Paris Jones made, that was under center. We are under center more. They listening. It's all about your delivery. If you want somebody to listen to you, you got to deliver the information right. You can't be attacking. People don't listen to you when you when they feel like you're attacking them. But offensive line, give yourself a round of applause. I saw Nana um, got a couple a series in, but Ty Furness did start. If y'all didn't know, he started. Looked good. I mean, what can you say, man? Salute to y'all. Like, you're on cloud now right now. But got to get back to business. Now, now, you're on a two-game win streak. Now the expectations is attached to you. In order to win, you must first learn how to lose. Y'all been losing a lot, so you've been learning a lot. Now, Miami gonna come in. Miami gonna look at you like a wounded duck. You just be the team that beat them with ease. Y'all pretty much think about this. Think about this. 
Don't turn the ball. Don't get a holding call in the red zone that forces you back, and then two plays later, throw an interception. And let the basketball, I mean football gods, continue to bless Mike and let him score his fourth touchdown. That's a win. That's an easy win. Because, look, if you look at the tail of the halves, the first half, we were typical UVA in the second quarter. We were typical UVA in the first half. Start off fast and, and fizzle. 14 points in the first quarter, no points in the second quarter. Let me let me let me just let me let me let me let me let me show you the little difference of oh here we go is UVA again. I know a lot of y'all were saying it. I'm just gonna echo in your sentiments. The first half, UVA had 112 yards of total offense on 22 plays, held UNC to 94 yards on 21 plays, 46 yards rushing for UVA in that first quarter. How many penalties? We were two for two on fourth down conversions in the first quarter. It was one of four on third downs. Um, we had three penalties for 15 yards. So let's go to the second quarter. We started off fast, right? Second quarter, 70 yards of total offense on 18 plays. They had 178 yards of total offense. Still ran the ball fairly well, 44 yards rushing, but just 26 yards passing. Um, Two for five on third down and had three penalties for 25 yards. So at the half, we had six penalties. Coming out of halftime, we get the ball. Come on, UVA, let's start off fast, right? Nope. We get a ball right back. We get the ball. Um, go forward on fourth and two. This one I felt like Musk could have just put his foot down and went straight up the field. Or I don't know if it was a read because it looked like Mike, if it wasn't, like, if it was a read, and maybe they reacted to you keeping it, and that's why Mike was clean going up the up the B-gap. But, yeah, uh, that was a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight play drive that ended with no points, and then they came down to score. Yep, Drake May, Drake May came down to score. So everybody's thinking, like, oh, here we go. Here we go. We down by 10 now. Here we go. This is what we going to do. But no. We responded. Did we score? Yeah, we scored a touchdown. And how many play drives that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 play drive. We down 10, respond with a 13 play drive. In the third quarter, we outscored them 10 to 10 to 7, 74 yards rushing, 115 total yards to their 80. So this is after making halftime adjustments. We also won the time of possession, 10 minutes to 4. So we kept that offense off the field with our ability to what? Run the football. You kept the biggest threat off the field, which is their offense, whether it's running or passing, but you kept them off the field. And you were clean. Zero penalties in the third quarter. You were three of five on third down. Zero one, you know, we, we didn't convert on one fourth down, but still. Ten minutes, you had the ball in the third quarter. Then we go to the fourth quarter. How would you finish? You held UNC to three points. That timely stop. 
that didn't allow them to score end up paying huge dividends, huge dividends, getting that timely stop right there. North Carolina was 0 for 3 in the fourth quarter on third. You won third downs in the fourth quarter versus the number 10 team in the country. You were 2 or 4 or 50%, but it was 0 for 3 on third and 0 for 1 on uh, fourth down and did and 0 for 1 in red zone chances. Because we was one for two because we 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 had to fumble. Again, no penalties. Virginia had zero penalties in the second half. This is a ball club. This is a coaching staff this year, and it's warranted that has been questioned about their inability to make adjustments. Can you go off script? There's kitchen. We know you're good the first two drives, but can you go off script? What can you do when it come to, when it comes up to nut cutting time? Guys up front, what you going to do when it's nut cutting time? When they know you need a play? Total team effort, man. Total team effort. You took advantage of the bye week. Salute to you, gentlemen. Salute to the coaching staff. Salute to the administration. Great, 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 great win. It could be a springboard win. But you can't let it go for nothing by going down to Miami and thinking, we just beat the number 10 team. We here. Nah, you still only got two wins. I'm glad you finally beat uh, a power five team. Because that's what they going to say. Women Murray didn't count. You finally, now, nah, okay, they beat a power five team. Okay. But that's just one win over a power five team. You only got two wins on the season. So, you know, you're still in the hole. We two and five. You, we're still in the hole. You still got to continue to climb. Build off this, but understand the work that you put in leading up into this game. Realize you're starting to see the light. You can't just stay there and look at the light, Caroline. You got to keep moving. But uh, let me get to any questions that I, that we got on the app right quick. Um, let's see. What do you see as the biggest development to make this win happen? That's the biggest development. So I, I really felt I really felt like they coaches went back to the bases. First of all, the training room. The attendance in the training room. Guys, whether it's Tony Muskie spending an hour a day on the shoulder, but guys really taking advantage of strength and conditioning and going to the training room and allowing their bodies to truly recover. And the coach is doing a good job of the practice schedule. And building in breaks, understanding that it's been a grueling first couple weeks of the season, first month, month and a half of the season. So allowing their bodies to heal, but attacking with their mind and really diving into the classroom and and really breaking down what they can and can't do. Their strengths and their weaknesses. Understanding time management, clock management. I thought that was better. Because I even even before the half. When we ran the football, I really felt like you know you in close with the top 10 team. It's the first half. Yes, we could try to be um we could try to be aggressive, but our quarterback just threw a timely pick. The run game has been working. We're gonna try to run the football here. They tried to run the football here. Didn't work out. We had to punt. And I know people was like, man, we should have just kept trying to be aggressive, try, kept trying to be aggressive. But it's like 
we were. The running game was allowing us to be aggressive. We just didn't produce in the passing game at that time when we were using the running game to springboard us to running a decisive uh, uh, a play that was play action in a sense. So Carolina ended up getting a field goal at the end of the half. But if you throw and give them even more time, you never know. They possibly get a touchdown because it's that much more time that they had on the clock. So those two field goals springboarding us to a win. They score a touchdown on one of those drives. <laughs> it's a different ball game, right? So hindsight could be 20-20. Um, but I just really feel like the biggest the biggest development to make this win happen was just really paying attention to detail. And I really feel like the coaches really evaluated themselves as well with play calling, clock management. Um, salute to Daniel for his, his sparks. He boomed some punts today. I mean, last night. He boomed some punts. Oh, and salute to um, um, Sidarian back there as a punt returner. Because his first punt return, when he came up and got the ball and gave us that short field, that take a lot of moxie. That's a first-year kid doing that. Because he's dangerous back there. If we could ever get a true hold-up and give him some space, he could help us flip the field. We played some field position, too. We pinned them back, had them coming out their own end zone. And like I said, it was like Aaron throws. like Because Drake May overthrew guys that were open. But we'll take that. If he can't step up, if we're speeding up his clock, that, that helped. So I really felt like, because look, our last ACC win came off of a bye week. We had a bye week, then we went to Georgia Tech and defeated them. This year, bye week, traveled to UNC, beat them. So these coaches take advantage of that extra week. Salute to them, man. Salute to coach, man. Told coach Elliott. You know, amid all the rumors that Posey been around about people raising money to get rid of your staff, whether it's true or not, hey, you keep your head down, you keep doing your job, control what you can control. Players, control what you can control. Do your job. If you execute, everybody looks great. If you do your job, you execute, you make plays, Dez Kitchens looks like a great coordinator. Just like defensively. You know your run fits. You tackle in the open field. You get your hand up like for movie. Bat some balls down. You play good on the on the back back end, knocking passes down. Roy's gonna look like a genius. It's all about the result. I'm telling you, this 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 business is like that. If you out here and you cooking and you getting a bunch of yards, that coach looking like a genius. <laughs> they ain't gonna say he trash can juice. How? How can you say he trash can juice? When Dr. Bob and his offense was like the like the Ringham Brothers and Barnberry Circus out here throwing for thousands of yards, man, you couldn't tell them that he won the greatest thing since life. I know, I know y'all still was like, I don't know, dude. He's still gonna throw it to the tackle. But boy, Brandon Armstrong and them boys throwing throwing around, doing what they did to BYU and all that, man, shoot. I tell you what. What's the first thing y'all said last year, man? They just need to run Dr. Bob's offense. <laughs> what did y'all hated Dr. Bob? Y'all, y- yo, oh yeah, I remember. Y'all said that. Just keep running in Dr. Bob's offense and we'll get the same offense we had the year before, the same results. Not that, hey man, something ain't right. We got 50 drops. It don't even matter what you running. 
we got to finish. I mean, because we, I mean, Don Tavis, right? He playing on Sundays right now. <clears throat> that joker doing his thing. Shout out to Gucci, man. Gucci, man, and Green Bay with him, too. Yeah. But uh, great, very good win. Special teams was special in the sense of they ain't mess it up. <laughs> don't mess it up, right? Special teams, don't mess it up. As simple as that. We beat JMU without special teams blunder, man. You JMU people got to stop trolling us, man. Let leave us leave, leave us alone, man. We ain't mess with y'all. JMU folks coming at you. Y'all still undefeated too. Salute to y'all, man. Salute to JMU. Um, but that's all I got, man. That's that's about an hour. Appreciate everybody. Um, go to sthujuice.store if you want the fear hoodie that you saw me wearing in the uh, Duke preview video um, that is available now. Um, I got some Petty Hawk shirts. I'm about to restock as well. Also, some Ball Hawk Show hoodies that I'm about to share in another couple days. So go to sthujuice.store for your fear and shut the hell up juice and Ball Hawk Show apparel that's there. So that's about it, man. Go to amalhawkins.com if you want to leave me a comment. It emails me directly. Um, if you had any questions or any feedback, for the podcast, you can just use that. Or you can hit me up on social media at I am Ballhawk on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok or Mod Hawkins on Facebook. Just hit me up, man. I love the feedback. Um, you can use the uh, feedback on Spotify that they provide for each episode. Just share your thoughts on the episode, and I make sure those are shared in real time. So when people click on the episode, they see your comment. And uh, that's all I got, man. Y'all be easy. Y'all be blessed. Wahoo Wah. Top 10 victory on the road. Salute to Coach Elliott and those players for showing fight. At the end of the day, you can lose, but if you show and fight, that's progress. I never felt like our players were ever quitting. They always were fighting. And that's why I'm always behind the staff because I always felt like if players are quitting, then I want the staff up out of there. But if they still fighting and they still together, nah. I don't want the staff gone. So good is the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do. Never let nobody tell you you can't do what you set your mind out to do. Till next time, man. Ballhawk Show. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.